0: build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It's time for this week in location-based marketing. This is episode number one hundred and forty-one. We're recording this August second, twenty thirteen. That's a Friday afternoon. My name Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, TV, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Joining me, as always,
1: if Khan from the Location Based Marketing Association, uh, still in Toronto. Yet again,
0: summertime, baby, summertime, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's good to be home for a while, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's also probably good to get that itch to get back on the road, right? Yeah, it won't last long. No, no, of course not. Not at all. Well, welcome. This is episode number 141. We are doing this at our regularly scheduled time. We have a jam-packed show. I don't even want to introduce the show because you're going to be blown away by it. Um, We got some great feedback from last week's show. Before we get into any of these things, because there is a Mobile Minute, there is a special guest, we do have an app, we do have a resource, we do have six stories. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Anything going on with the Location Based Marketing Association that we should know about, Asif? Uh,
1: you know, we're, we're still in that summer mode. Uh, Siesta mode events. is what I like to call yeah. it. Yeah. There's there's a few events happening. Uh, probably the one that's uh, coming up, uh, you know, the, the, the quickest here is uh, August 13 and 14. Uh, we're going to be down in San Diego uh, for the Retail Customer Experience Executive Summit. So. Uh, if you're in San Diego, check that out. You can find the information on lbmacom forward slash events retail customer experience executive summit. Uh, a lot of good retailers. I'm doing a panel on uh, on location and uh, with um, BSL and Tommy Bahama uh, will be on the panel as well. So that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, it will be fun.
0: And then it kicks in, obviously, in September for you. Well, that that's good. I mean, nice and relaxed, slow. You once do. a month—that's the pace that you like, right? Traveling once a month for a couple of nights. <laughs> That'd
1: be good.
0: Yeah. That'd be good. Well, uh, so that's all that's going on with location-based marketing association this this coming week. Maybe this coming month, you might hear that uh, you know that there's nothing beyond our next episode. That's it until September, the new after Labor Day weekend. But I'm sure it'll pick up for you. Yeah. Well, what do you say? Like, It's such a a great show. I'm very excited about this. Uh, You know, great stories around uh, some of these incumbents, worldwide stories, obviously. We try to touch on as many stories from outside of North America as possible to bring the context and awareness, the fact that this is a global revolution that we're going through right now. Um, But before we do this, it's very relevant. In fact, this is a Mobile Minute with Chuck Martin. Chuck Martin is the author of, you know, a number of books, including two mobile books, um... But we got a chance to sit down and uh, record these Mobile Minutes that we do uh, every day. And this one that we're about to show you is in fact a a very relevant topic. It's about a company called Xtify and uh, this debate that's been going on about the mobile web versus uh, applications and especially in the retail environment. And Xtify is doing something fairly unique with what they're doing with with the mobile web inside a retail location. So uh, it's a location play with push notifications from the web. Here's Chuck talking about it on our Mobile Minute. Welcome to another mobile minute. Chuck, are we still talking apps versus mobile websites when it comes to mobile commerce?
2: Uh, well, we we have been uh, for some time now. It, it turns out that uh, with when, with pinpointing, which I wrote about in, in Mobile Influence, pinpointing is really targeting a consumer in a really significant way. It turns out, I'm hearing from a lot of retailers now, big, big retailers, that a, a very large majority of people are using mobile websites versus apps in their stores. In a couple of companies that I'm quite familiar with, uh, Xtify, which is a case study in my book, and UsableNet, uh, these are two very successful, essentially platform companies. They just combined a few days ago. And what they're doing is they're actually creating the capability to do push, push-based push put mobile based push messaging so that when you're looking at a website in a store, you actually get a push push message based on your behavior in the terms of that website. So you don't have to opt in for that because it's really part of the website. And that's really sort of the way things are going right now. This is a, a very big new trend.
0: What about, what about when you're not in the store? So this is where the apps really come into play, is to uh, attract people from their couch into the store. But what about those, how, how does the mobile website interfere or interact with customers when they're not in the store?
2: Well, what it, what it looks like to me is we're starting to have a, a, a sort of a split in the market. The, the power users, a lot of the people who are watching this would be the people who would be using the apps. And then there's the kind of the everybody else person who's using the mobile web. And the, they, they both sort of frown on each other
0: as a group. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And that was Chuck Martin and the Mobile Minute. Big news on that! If you're interested in that kind of information, which is like literally less than one, less than two minutes, we'll say uh, deep deep knowledge, less than two minutes like that, you can actually now subscribe to it on iTunes. I'm very excited about this. There are 136 episodes of those one-minute uh, Mobile Minutes up there right now. You go check it out and just do a search for a Mobile Minute on iTunes. Uh, and thanks for Chuck for letting us use that.
1: All right
0: jump into this you found a fairly unique application a mobile app called spot messenger let's talk about this
1: yeah uh it comes from a company called rossum uh, which is based in uh, in chicago and uh it's really interesting it's it's an ios app uh ios only and it's really about um people uh sharing stories and creating conversations um that kind of uh you know, ha- have a life to them and, and exist around a particular location, and f- so for me, what jumped out uh, uh, when I when I read, read about this app it, is, you know, I, I kind of hearken back to the old days of, you know, you walk into the grocery store or the uh, the co- local coffee shop, and there's a bulletin board, and you'd have all these little messages posted up on it, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And for me, this is sort of like the digital version of that in, in a way, um, where you can create a uh, a conversation or a spot, if you will, is, what is how they refer to it uh, about anything, about any topic. They, they had examples of you know neighborhood watch groups you know, having their own thing uh, connected to that location. Um, so there's a, you know, basically any topic can, um, in, in any location can have its own spot. But it's about a, a community uh, of uh, people contributing to a conversation and, and kind of interacting with each other in this. It's all anonymous, I think as well, which is is kind of interesting.
0: You can check them out at Spot, quite literally, spo.tt, spo.tt, or or look for it in the App Store. Uh, This is an iOS-only application right now. Uh, So you can find it in the app store right now just under spot with two Ts. That is the app fascination of the week. All right, our first story today, we didn't talk about Foursquare last week. We are going to talk about it here as our first story. They signed an agreement uh, just recently this past week with TURN, which is the world's largest demand side platform. Uh, And TURN is going to leverage Foursquare data, your check ins, my check ins, anonymously, obviously, to actually retarget you on the web through partner websites. This is probably a uh, something in a long time Coming, uh, and it actually, you know, what's great about this, Asif, is that it devalues it. Well, it doesn't put it takes the emphasis off the actual check ins, it's the data that they're selling to these guys to actually add value to their advertisers. This is this is a good deal, I would say.
1: This is a good deal, I and mean, this is a, for so me, rare. This, this is a positive four square story, <laughs> uh, because <laughs> we haven't had a lot of those on the show, no, uh, no, but I like this deal. This is you know, this is a good use case of that data, and you know, if I I happen to go to a lot of Mexican restaurants, and I've been checking in at, at, at those all over the place. Um, then you know it makes sense that you know when I'm online surfing, sitting at my desk on my laptop or wherever I am, yeah. and you know I'm on websites that the ads on those websites you know are relevant to me based on you know data that, that you can leverage about about what I've been doing. So uh, I like this, and, and so. You know, there's there's a lot of partners in this. There's a lot of data that's coming from this, and it's not just data from what you've done with Foursquare on its own. It's all the other uh, apps that have integrated Foursquare as well. And apparently, there's forty thousand apps that have integrated Foursquare. That's yeah, insane. That,
0: that is that is big, and and leveraging that data now all of a sudden makes it powerful. We've always talked about data being being powerful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I think this is a great way to use data. Um, but, you know, the way you described it, it's almost like it's old school for me, which is, you know, you you take the data that is in a vibrant, you know, uh, device like this that's mobile and and you're trying to, I don't think that they can use all of this data to push it onto the web. Like, I mean, as you said, the Mexican restaurant, interesting, but I mean, you know, I'm sitting at my desk. So maybe it's, you know, subjective to, you know, what's best in context to the to the browser world as opposed to this world. Right. Um, but maybe I don't know if there's any relationships that um that they have, that Turn has, that actually pushes mobile ads into other mobile applications. I'm going to assume that they do. So maybe there's an opportunity there uh, for contextual, uh, you know, Mexican restaurant lovers. Like, yeah, I, do.
1: I don't know who they are, but uh, I read uh, that there's a, a piece here that says that uh, Turn's got 16 display inventory partners, six video inventory partners, and four mobile ad,
0: uh, ad networks, networks
1: yeah. that, that they work with. So. So makes uh, sense. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you know, we, we talked about this uh, a little bit before we started recording, which was, uh, you know, I don't I don't know any specific statistics. I don't know. Uh, we do know that there have been three and a half billion check-ins since uh, Foursquare's inception. We know that there are somewhere in the realm of thirty million users. How many active users? We don't know. We do know that uh, there has been a one percent decline in the number of people that have actually used this on iOS year over year. So last year, five and a half percent of the people who were polled. Uh, from uh, an iOS device used Foursquare this year four and a half percent so we know that things are in decline but uh, you know you don't need you you don't need ten million or thirty million people to make money off of this stuff they've got the data they've got three and a half billion check-ins so this this makes sense right this is something that if they do it right they can make money how much money I'm not sure who has the value I'm not sure you know Foursquare is the data turn has the distribution right where's the where's the who who's who's more powerful here right
1: well you gotta you gotta think it's turn yeah Uh, i mean the data is great um but you know it's not the only data that uh that turns relying on i mean they're they're making tons and tons of money targeting ads you know for everybody yeah um and uh you know 4 square's got to find ways to make money and this is one
0: it is but one and that's the key it is but one way and there are many ways that they can uh, but time time is short. Um, yeah. very cool. So P- Foursquare partnering with Turn, one of the world's largest demand-side platforms, advertising. It's uh, it's you know maybe onto something here. Long time coming, I would say. Yeah. There
1: you go. All, All right.
0: right. Second story, my man.
1: Yeah. So our next story uh, comes from India. Uh, two companies, one called Link and the other Train of Thought uh, is the name of this company. And they've teamed up and they've launched a, a platform called Smart Push, and basically, it, it, as the name implies, it's a push, uh, you know, lo- location-based deal platform, you know, push push-based platform. Um, and uh, you, you know, there's nothing really unique about this. I don't think it, it's it's different, you know, that different than you know AT&T Shop Alerts or or any uh, of the other location-based, you know, targeted push platforms. You know we we just heard about Xtify, you know in the, in the mobile minute which is another one um there's lots of these out there but what i like about this and the reason i wanted to pull it forward uh, into the show this week is that this is happening in india and it just it, it just kind of goes to the point that you know this isn't only a north american phenomenon we're seeing these platforms you know in every market you know in china always has their own uh, version of everything you know, now we're here in India, we know, uh, we covered a company called iMob Media uh, a little ways back that's uh, in, uh, I think they're based in Ireland, that uh, has a, a push platform that they're enabling carriers uh, with, like PlaceCast does, so, so there, there's a lot of these things out there, and there's more, you know, emerging every day, so, uh, you know, I like that, and then uh, the other thing related to this is, you know, just to kind of continue the geographic uh, view of this is, right, even right here in Canada, while we don't have, this really happening yet from the carrier perspective um I have it on good authority that we can expect that rogers will be uh, launching a, a service like that uh here this this fall with uh First uh, gas technology as
0: well. So when I look at this example that maybe what Rogers is doing. Uh, I think that that's that, that's the true way to do this. In, in order to be able to penetrate the, a market, you need that carrier pull, right? To, to be able mm-hmm. to get into there. And I think that that's that's really where you're going to see some companies succeed. You know, to do this independently is such a such a challenge. Uh, you know, it's hard to rise above. You know, so everybody tries to create new little niches or new little services. Like for Smart Push, they have this, you know, interest sensing technology which is basically yeah. you know we talk about this uh, the, the mobile cookie right so it senses what you like and what you don't like and, and it smartly pushes things to you uh and, and what we learned even in that mobile minute was the Xtify. you know uh when you actually go to a website uh, you know and it's uh, geofenced and you're at the website and you're in the store it pushes you deals right it, i mean it's yeah. real-time deals and and um you know all of this has got to come to a head there's got to be a, a very simple way i don't believe really in 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 you know Getting somebody in my store, and here's the challenge. Getting somebody in my store and then forcing them to go to a website on on a, on a, a mobile device. I think that that kind of is a disconnect, right? It's like second screen yep. in me. It's a disconnect. You've got me here. And we've always said the differentiation for retail outlets is what? Don't put them back into the screen. get ha- Create an experience, right? So, uh, you know, this is... This is where I think that there's there's the the ability to b- draw somebody into the store, and then you have to take over from the moment you're in that store. Um, so smart push drives people in. I think that that's going to be key, and I think that the Rogers deal is 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 the way that to distribute it. But that's just you know, I, mean, I could be talking out of my ass, but I think that that's exactly how you have to do this. Once you're in yeah. the store, it's entirely up to you, the retailer to blow the the socks off of, off of your customer with the experience. Yeah, and and store. even
1: things like, like what we talked about last week with the, the linkets. stuff. Yeah. Uh you know, with you got these screens in the store and you can you know create that relation between the mobile device and the screen. So for me you know if you have that kind of sensing technology, that learning technology, and you can bring that into the screen environment right. uh, in a store and then you know, you can use that to push content both ways really. Yep. Have a screen to the mobile device, and I think I think things get really interesting.
0: Yeah, w- w- without the user having to do anything, right? Which exactly. is Yeah, don't make them go to a br- to a browser on a smartphone and type in a URL. Don't make them do yeah. that. You know, so yeah. uh, we're we agree here.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Okay, our third story. This is about you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, not a big story, uh, but an interesting one, I think, for for some folks out there. We. Uh, the, this is the Location Based Marketing Association. Uh, we announced a uh, uh, an alliance, a partnership, if you will, with another industry group called the Open Geospatial Consortium, which has been around for a long time. Um, and you know, they, they play in the in the standards space. Uh, that's that's really their their kind of bread and butter. They work with a lot of the sort of big geo data companies, Esri, folks like that. Yeah. Um, and Obviously, we work with a lot of brands and marketers and retailers, and, and so there, there, there's good kind of synergy between our, our member bases. But specifically, we're, we see some interesting opportunities to kind of look at uh, this place data harmonization standardization issue uh, that we think you know, the brands and the retailers that we serve are concerned about um, and are voicing that to us and the OGC uh, has platforms that they've designed and standards that they've designed that we think can help address that. And so we figure by working together, we can, we can kind of you know, come at this issue um, you know, with greater resources and kind of combine uh, you know, our different constituent groups and, and kind of bring some clarity to the issue.
0: LBMA, uh, partnering with the OGC? Yeah. yeah so if you go to the open you can go to the LB Ma-
1: getting down lbma i know it's yeah. so like yeah I, feel like... I knew it was coming i knew it was coming you knew it was coming. I oh, see uh i heard that song the other day on the radio that opp song and i'm like wow i'm old
0: now yeah you are when that goes into the like when you, they're playing that on the classic <laughs> radio stations right uh, yeah but you are well, now back to you can go to the lbma.com for more information or open geospatial.org o g c uh, now that's stuck in my head. All right, there you go. All right, why don't you yeah. tee this up? You had an opportunity to sit down. We're going to take a break from the stories. You had an opportunity to sit down with uh, John Rosen from I Inside. Uh, what was this about? Talk a little bit about this. Cue this up. We'll we'll roll with uh, with your with your interview.
1: Yeah. So I mean, Inside uh, is uh, the new name for what was Wireless Works, a indoor uh, location analytics company uh, out of California. Um, yeah, so I had a chance to sit down with John and kind of understand why the shift in name and why they're going to Ironside. And it's really about the you know, the, the focus on analytics as opposed to customer engagement in store. Uh, and, and we're seeing kind of lots of retailers step up and say, yeah, we're really interested in that. And there's been some controversy around that, too. Euclid got in, into a bunch of trouble with the, with the U.S. government uh, around that. Um, and um, and there's a, a sort of a new consortium that's formed with retailers and uh, providers like iInside to kind of address those, those concerns and, some, and those issues. So John talks about that as well. So here it is, John Rosen from iInside.
3: Well, it's the time of the week again where we get to bring on a special guest. And this week it's John Rosen, Executive Vice President of iInside, a wireless works company. John, welcome to this week in location-based marketing. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. So, it's great to have you on the show. You've, you've been part of sort of the LBMA family for a while now. Um, and, uh, you know, why don't you, for, for our audience out there who may be not so familiar with you, you were Wireless Works, now you're I Inside a Wireless Works company. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. What are you guys all about? Sure. Um, so, Wireless Works was a 15 year old company,
4: we've been around for a long time. And we've been a a technology firm that focused on various types of of indoor location services uh, implementation. So we've done um, trucks in South America and hospitals and and campuses in in the United States and and using most different modalities. And and we've done that for about, well, let's say 14 years. So two years ago, we made a decision to be more of an indoor LBS product company focus on retail and it really is enough of a change that it's it's the right thing for us to do to, to rebrand and
3: so we will be
4: uh... we're inside and we'll take the wireless works piece out uh, over the next month or so
3: and so let, let's dig into that uh, that indoor lbs uh, space a little bit i mean uh... really from our perspective as, as as an industry association when we look at it there's really two big buckets of, of, of solutions or opportunity if you will on the one hand you have Uh, knowing where people are in in a retail environment uh, in any environment for that matter and being able to engage them so customer engagement maybe I know you're standing in front of the Coke display I want you to buy Pepsi here's an offer to influence purchase decision but probably the bigger opportunity and the one I think you guys are focused on is is the analytics play around understanding traffic flow patterns and where people are in stores and what does that mean for planogramming exercises and where's the dwell time and all those kinds of things so, what? What? How do you see the indoor analytics opportunity specifically?
4: It's good. Um, it's a good point. And look, I think I think you're right that the marketing piece is really interesting and it's very creative, and it's um, it's the one that's that's incredibly extensible. But uh, but analytics are critical. You know, there's uh, a need for analytics. It's a, it's a piece of data that retailers have been without forever. Um, it's got an ROI associated with it. So it's easy to understand how uh, we can justify an expensive or at least a big uh, enterprise-wide implementation. So on the analytics side, retailers, having operated the same way for, you know, since they began, right, 100 or 200 years maybe of, of historical data, they've been without traffic information. So they measure their success on, uh, on, on based on revenue, And if you've got a store like a clothing store that has 20% closure or 20% conversion, that means they know one piece of data on 20% of their customers. And they know nothing about the rest of the people that walk in the store. So the idea that we can gain insights from traffic and feedback on merchandising and marketing and store operations and brand connection and, uh, well, retail is a very resonant point for retailers. So this is what we're focusing on. And the type of technology company that we are, we're able to deliver solutions that the retailers it resonates with them that that this is a way for them to, to change business or uh, let's say to uh, enhance existing business processes with
3: traffic data. And, and so, uh, when we look at the space and the category overall, uh, you know, we we get to work with lots of, of players in the industry, and there seems to be such diversity in. The technology side of it—I mean, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, ultrasound—you know, LEDs, magnetic fields. I mean, like there's a number of ways to to do indoor and figure out where people are. Does your company uh, focus on a particular uh, type of technology? Is there a reason, or one's better than the other?
4: Uh, That's a good question.
3: Um, So
4: we're technology agnostic, first of all. We have a tremendous amount of software. We hold about 30 patents in indoor location today. And having worked with most modalities, we have the option to use what we believe is going to work best for the retailer. Uh, we do focus principally on Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. And the reason that we do that is um, in an implementation, the idea is deliver data that's resonant to the way retailers run their business, which means we we geofence departments or sub-departments or end caps or brands. And by doing so, we're able to deliver data that supports the merchandising by department or by brand or by end cap or whatever that might be, and the marketing and the store operations. So, accuracy is critical. in, in the ability to see um, a, a reasonable cross section of the people coming to the store is also important. So, Bluetooth, which is very inexpensive, I mean, we're able to do implementations without charging for hardware, is excellent. It also follows somebody every second they move to the store. Um, It also allows us to get down to about one meter accuracy, which means we can really effectively um, draw a fence around any shape and size department. Mm -hmm. We also use Wi-Fi because the coverage is a little little greater. Um, Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. The challenge of Wi-Fi is it does uh, heat down the battery a little bit on a cell phone, and the other is that the polling rate is not every second. It's every 30 to 60 to 90 to 120 seconds, which means there's gaps in data. But the ability to put both together give us a great cross section of people, um, great accuracy. I mean, we follow an individual throughout the store. We don't know anything about them, but using it as sort of a transponder, we see that cell phone with great, excellent data. We also see when they come back, and we see other stores that they went to. So, you know, it's important to be to have the resources to choose the light technology and the expertise to implement it.
3: Right. So I want to jump on something you just said. I mean, You you, you made that comment that you don't know anything about them. That sort of brings up for me the privacy uh, discussions. I mean, we hear a lot about this, especially in the indoor space lately with the whole Euclid, uh, you know, uh, discussion that's been going on. How do you guys see that and and kind of, you know, how do we help alleviate the issue around or or the the, concern around privacy? That's a good question. And, And to be fair, You know, when we have
4: representatives of our government telling us that they're concerned, that's a very fair statement. They should be concerned. What we'd like to see is a better understanding of the public of what actually is happening out there, and that's us and Euclid and and all these other vendors that are trying to deliver safe and secure solutions. The good news is, well, I'll make one point, The, the public I'm not sure entirely understands that these companies are not keeping any information about the phone that's directly connectable to the phone. And they have no information about the individual, even if they have information about the phone. So the idea that we're keeping personal information, if that's the the understanding, is not correct, at least the vendors that we know. But more importantly, as this evolves, what you're going to see is a consortium that's been formed. It's uh, The Future of Privacy Consortium, it's got, call it ten of the top vendors in the space and ten of the top retailers, and eventually both of those groups will grow. And you'll see better information make its way to the public. You'll see proposed standards and proposed practices that the government should look at and understand that um, that kind of cooperative effort is going to lead towards a good solution. It also means that you're seeing commitment from, let's call it, the top 10 retailers in the country saying, this is an important technology. We're going to invest our time and effort to making it, um, to standardizing it in, in a safe and fair way.
3: No, uh, and that's great, and I think you know part of it too is in addition to sort of more education um, around the issue and the privacy pieces is you know just from a consumer perspective, you know, articulating the value proposition to them uh, as well. You know, on the marketing side, I think uh, is equally important, and we certainly see that as well. So, last last comment from you, uh, if you will, I mean, put on your kind of uh, thinking cap, looking forward. Where do you see the, the indoor analytics, indoor LBS space, You know, say a year or two years from now? Uh, what's next? What's coming? What should we be looking for? Yeah, sure. I, um, well, I think the one very striking thing about the industry
4: is that the awareness and the, the interest on the part of the retailers and the brands is absolutely exploding. I mean, all of us in the space know that the uh, involvement from, from and the percentage of retailers that know about it and are doing something, well, it's exploding. So that part's great. That's a big change in the last year. I think directionally, you'll see privacy is going to run its course, and we're, we're happy about that. That's important. Uh, accuracy, accuracy, and uh, and cost reduction are going to be big changes in the space. For for big implementations to occur, we've got to be able to uh, to deliver data in the format that retailers want. So everybody's working on trying to get be more accurate, deliver better data, implement faster. and and get into the consideration set and, and over time, the implementation side of things. I think you'll see that. I also think you'll see uh, more solutions with combined technologies involved. You may see people like us with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. You may see camera and Bluetooth. You may see Bluetooth 4.0 and uh, and RFID. You know, the important... There'll be more companies like us that have 20 engineers where we can deliver multiple solutions to support the need out there. That's probably the biggest thing we see over the next
3: few years Excellent. Well, again, for our audience, we've been uh, chatting today and hanging out with uh, John Rosen, Executive Vice President of iInside, Inside, a wireless works company. John, thank you so much for making some time and joining us on the show this week. I see. Thank you. All right.
1: So uh, just thanks to John again for, uh, for doing that, for giving us the time and coming on the show. And it's it's always great to, uh, to kind of, you know, hear right from... Uh, folks that are living and breathing this every day and kind of dealing with retailers and, and these concerns. So thanks, John. We really appreciate it.
0: Yes, we do. We love having people, new people on the show. So if you are interested in being on the show, please reach out Robin on TV or see at the LBMA.com. Uh, guys like John make this industry so appealing to be in and uh, the stuff that they're doing is innovating as well so innovative as well so check them out at iinside.com I know that they're going through a redesign of the website but just go to iinside.com and that's the letter i inside.com for more information about those guys thanks John we're back in we got three more stories the first one asif our third our fourth story is about apple which is a this is a unique approach here this is what makes apple interesting it's, to me what
1: makes apple apple they always yeah. try to do, do things their own way right? well
0: it, like they you know they 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 build hardware right and they build hardware yeah. in a way that you know uh, remember they had uh, johnny ives on on talking about like the the bevel on the screen as a as a you know he spent like 20 minutes talking about the bevel on the screen and it's, it's around design implementation and innovation on this and here they are talking about a new patent that has surfaced for like a location sensing battery yeah. System, I think, is the best way to describe it, and and. It is a, it is a, a battery uh, that actually based on location and charging patterns and usage patterns uh, flares up in power or diminishes in power to make your battery last longer. Like everybody's trying to reinvent batteries. What, what Apple's trying to do is think a little bit higher and think, okay, so how do we use your usage patterns and your location uh, to be able to reduce battery consumption or increase battery consumption so that the battery lasts longer? So it goes into a state of sleep or activity based on a number of things, one of them being location.
1: How cool is yeah. that? I think it's awesome. I mean, and, and I can see, I can see all sorts of, you know, applications just, just in my in my own travel patterns, right? Uh, you know, like I'm on my device all the time when I'm on the road, and uh, you know, when I'm at the office or whatever. But when I get home, the phone just sits there on the on the, on the desk, yeah. and I'm on my laptop the rest of the time. So does it need to be consuming the same amount of power? You know, battery, as it does when um, I'm using it all the time and walking around during the day, no. No. Nope. Right? So, you know, and if you can look at that, those patterns and you can, you can optimize that battery based on that, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Well, I
0: do. And, and I do as well. And, and, you know, when you travel with it, uh, you know, I get four hours out of my phone. Right. Like that's what I get yeah. on my iPhone. It's a, yeah. I use it as a, it's it's it, like I consume battery power with it. So if yes. they can optimize the, the battery consumption so that when I'm not using it while I'm traveling or while I'm out of the house,
3: yeah.
0: that, that it re- reduces it and extends it to five or six hours, that would be a godsend. And if they're doing that with battery, uh, this this battery system, uh, I, I think it's incredible. I think that this to me is uh, w- would help anyways. And because mm-hmm. they're worried about it because you're right, as these things become thinner, screens become more powerful they consume more power our reliance on location and gps and and cell towers and wi-fi and bluetooth yep. and all that connectivity into the car into that into your headsets um it, it's you know batteries are not going to get better so we got to get smarter here about how we use them how we consume the power in them um and i don't want to wear a knapsack with a you know solar panel on the back to charge my phone Defeats the purpose. <laughs> Very cool. So well, they got the
1: maybe the, maybe the maybe the, uh, the case of the phone, the back of it should just be a sword.
0: Well, I, I think that you know there's talk about putting a you know um, a motion uh, charger uh, on some of the like on some yeah. of the uh, cases. But again, I mean, if you've ever used, I, I, I go camping and when I use the the wind up uh, you yeah. know light, it it only lasts for like you know yeah. a minute. It's too much effort. I'm just too lazy. So Apple, this is great. It's good for lazy yeah. people.
3: you like it.
0: All right. All right. All right. All right. That's our fourth story. So Apple has got a new patent uh, basic, based on uh, for a location based uh, battery system, which is which is very cool. Uh, small innovations like that, uh, you know, it's the stuff that you don't see behind the scenes that make the difference in the product. All right. Our fifth story here. Monster Media buys Loka, Loka Moda. I, I don't know if this is a, a direct acquisition or this is an asset acquisition. Do you, did you get a, the sense of this?
1: Uh, I, I think it's a direct... Uh, okay, so
0: two I, I functioning companies, yeah.
1: Two functioning, uh, yeah. locomotive has been around for, for a, a while. It's a company I've crossed paths with a number of times. Um, certainly one of the innovators in location-based digital out-of-home yes. stuff. Yeah. Um, and Monster Media, a huge player in out-of-home, um, uh, has been for, for a long time. Um, you know, probably one of the biggest, actually, uh, I think, digital out-of-home companies, period. Um, so, so I think there's, there's some interesting technology fit here for them in terms of uh, you know, social media integration into screen content, and you know, which is some of the things that Lokomoto is focused on, is kind of bringing Twitter and Foursquare and, and Instagram feeds into screen media. Um, and, and so they do that really well, and I think Monster Media you know, was lacking in, in some respects there. Um, Monster Media has huge distribution so uh you know they have just the, the roster of clients that those guys work with is just insane and they've got some of the best locations in the world like Times square yeah uh, <laughs> you know places like that oh, that so, place. Uh, yeah yeah that, that place right so I, I think this is a really good uh a good fit for both companies yeah. um and uh so, so i like this deal i mean not a lot more to say about it than that but nice to see that innovators in location-based digital out of home you know are are getting recognition within the wider out home industry such that they're getting picked up
0: our sixth and last story the best way to explain this story uh this is uh inglo uh deploys this a open transparent digital signage uh these are cases that are transparent that have the product behind them i i'm not even going to try to explain this I, i'm going to run a little bit of a video as we're talking about this thing simply because this is something that is you know, you have to. You don't really notice it until you see it in the video. It's very hard to explain, but these guys have built a screen, basically a, a case with a transparent screen that showcases the product. And then they're playing video around, and it's an interactive video around the product, which is this is it's eye-catching, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's all about you know you know we talk about the customer experience, right? And um, you know how do you fight showrooming and all these kinds of things? Well, I mean, you can't do this, you know, on your, on your smartphone with, you know, going to Amazon, like that's, that's not possible, right? These are the kinds of things that you, you know, you can only experience in the store.
0: It's so hard to explain, you know, and if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not watching it, uh, it it would, it's very difficult to explain because it, it just works. Uh, you know, I think that it's an innovative kind of like a, uh, how would you describe this? Like a product shadow box, right? With video. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, that's I, a good way to describe it. Three yeah. D, and and um, those are the kind of things that I think you're, you're right. the the display advertising has to be like that now in order to be able to attract. It's so competitive. Um,
1: and the other piece I like about this, so it's not just about drawing people, you know, uh, people's attention to it. We also have a video camera built into this box that is looking at the behavior of the user, so they can they can determine gender, they can determine. You know, and capture statistics about who's actually coming and looking and, 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 and interacting with this thing. So they can do gender, age group, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they're gathering this data from this thing. So, so it is about kind of marketing and promoting the product in a unique way, but it's also about collecting data understand, you know, who is this appealing to and, and who's actually interacting with this stuff. So
0: this is kind of cool in an anonymous way. So I like it. And in an anonymous way, you know, I, I just can't imagine that, I mean, it's going to be technologists that are fascinated by this. So it's going to be, do you think it'll skew their numbers based on, you know, hey, wait, how can we have, you know, mid-50-year-old white men looking at this thing, <laughs> like trying to, like, kind of examining it, you know, around the corner? Because I think that's what it'll attract, right? I I often think about this is that, you know, is it, uh, is it attracting the right demographic for the product or is it bringing in a demographic that wants to see the actual technology behind the product
1: well i don't know i mean the article i read at the end of it said that uh, they've been running it for 2 months and they're already seeing like direct increase in sales that they think they can attribute to this wow. uh, so yeah.
0: that's great what well, is the is it the company aopen that's driving new sales of this or is it the actual inglo the uh the no, cosmetic company yeah it's it's, inglo yeah well yeah. It, very fascinating you know it's those kinds of experiences that i think are obviously going to have to uh you know enhance the that in-store experience you want them looking at the product not looking at your screen i think that's another good lesson so bring the screen to the product it's pretty cool
1: i wonder however uh, i mean i i like you know to your earlier point about not making the the customer do a lot or go to a website or, or those kinds of things so i mean there's got to be some significant cost to you know, putting this kind of technology in place and I wonder, on a simpler level, if you could achieve the same kind of functionality or reaction using augmented reality or something layered on top of the of the display case. Um, you know, with different results, obviously. I mean, you're not going to have video cameras that are you know, tracking, the, you know, and getting you those statistics. But um, you know, in terms of creating. Uh, interaction with the with the product itself. There are a lot of the things like uh, like AR that you could use. I
0: think. Well, and the other the flip side is that this is one uh, this is one dimensional. This is one way, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're you're putting up the screen. You're broadcasting out to the user. You're gathering demographic information based on uh, on who's looking at it. But are, are you connecting with the device? Are they taking anything home with them? Yeah. You know, um, like Linkit last uh, last week. Uh, here's a perfect way to to do a tap. To recall, or a tap to transfer information, or something like that, like Linkage, should partner with these guys to be able to bring that information yeah, and connect. Exactly. So uh, yeah, you know, th- there is a piece here, and and maybe there is. You, you use something like this, the transparent screens, to attract, and then you do an augmented reality something, right? You you have got to draw people and yeah, their or, attention or like to the product. Say,
1: you you build the Linkit piece yeah. into this. You, you you tap the screen, uh, you know, with NFC, and it's it it pushes a. Uh, a coupon for the product that you can then go redeem in the e-commerce site.
0: Yeah, or something. Yeah, so, like yeah. Don't discount while they're in store. Get them. I love that. Purchase, right? yeah. So, yeah, create a loyalty brand. But that's yeah. so. I, I, these are the beginnings, right? And and for me, conversion rate is fine. But that still requires people to get into the store. And and yeah. your goal is to create a lifelong customer. If you're going to put the money into it to create this, as you said. Let's create a lifelong customer and create that link between you and the lifelong customer because they might not ever get back to that store. That screen might break down and you will have lost the opportunity to connect with them. So uh, it's, I, so maybe maybe they're half there. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool.
1: At least a little more than half, I suppose. But yeah, well, yeah. Technology's pretty credit. neat. This yeah.
0: is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 75% of the way. Three quarters of the yeah. way there. All right. All right. All right. All right. Those are the six stories. Uh, that is the Mobile Minute with Chuck Martin. That is the app uh, Spot Messenger. That is the guest, John Rosen, from my inside. Now it is time to finish it off with our resource of the week. And if I don't look at a coupon again, I will be so surprised, right? All of a sudden, coupons are it again. Is that they're on the, on the increase, post-recession increase in coupons, which doesn't doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, so this is a uh, you know an article that uh, references a, a report that's out from uh, called the CPG Coupon Industry Facts. It's a uh, that's report that's that, that's issued twice a year, I guess, a uh, half-year report. Uh, they call it by uh, Valassis, uh, which is a unit of NCH Marketing Services. There you go. It's obviously wow. a player, a player in the coupon industry.
0: Wow. Um,
1: so they're saying, you know, coupon C post recession recovery, um, double digit growth in distribution and redemption going on. So they're talking about, uh, um, you know, one point eight percent increase in coupon distribution. That's that, that's big.
0: Is that significant? That's yeah. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: <laughs> I I don't know. I, I mean I have no I have no gauge here. But one point eight percent. So so, so,
1: so, so here, here, here's the here's the key stat from this. In the first half of two thousand thirteen, coupons for non-food products represented sixty-two point five percent of all the coupons distributed. That's two point nine percent increase over the first half of two thousand twelve. Okay. So they're, they're, so, they're that's clothing,
0: so that's clothing. So that's clothing and uh, yeah. so textiles, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, well, that doesn't surprise me because if you if you see how many how much uh, email the Gap Group sends out uh, every day. <laughs> Like they must, yeah. they must make up about eighty percent of of that number of, of coupons that have that have gone out. Um, it's, it's
1: crazy. Well, it, it really is. Um, yeah. So you, I mean, you're talking about clothing. You're talking about. Uh, I guess you're talking about uh, furnishing as well. Yeah. Of, of some sort, right? Yeah. Um, there would be coupon in that in that space. Um, you know, and then there's another stat in here that I saw that said, uh, "Where is this huge?" And the food segment, yeah. So, here's the food one. So, um, the end of this piece here, um, study says redemption has dropped 8.1 percent in the first half because of of, of the changes in the redemption formats. Uh, and it was uh, 6.1 percent for print at home and 2.5 for paperless. So, that's interesting because we hear a lot when we a lot of the retailers I talk to complain about digital coupons because they can't they can't scan the barcodes they can't do all kinds of stuff um and so it's interesting to see that uh you know the redemption rate uh, for paperless is at 2.5 percent
0: well you know right? i
1: mean i mean it validates what they're saying like i would expect you know i would expect that uh you know that number should be a lot higher yes. than 2.5 percent. i mean i would have guessed like if somebody were just to ask me i would say yeah, twenty
0: yeah. percent. Yeah, or higher, right? Especially yeah. with all the hype that's gone on. But you so, know that that that's a really interesting strategy. Is that um, you know if you are in this business, if you are in retail and you're using couponing as a way to bring in customers or create loyalty, um, think about that number because are you creating loyalty by giving them a digital version of it, or are you impeding the use of that because it's digital? And to this, it sounds like it's impeding the usage of it.
1: Yeah, and that's why you know, it, and so contrast the two point five with the six point one for print at home. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's why I think like solutions like uh, what Impact Mobiles put out recently, the, the, little the little device, yeah, that you put in the store with the kiosk and all that, and you just you take the digital thing and then you 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 sync it up with the, with this device and then it spits out a paper coupon, yeah, yep. right. Um, that that uh, the store can actually redeem. Yeah, so. You know, so so I think that's where you're going to start to see. So I think there's the data is interesting here, and it actually points or validates uh, for me a lot of some of the issues that we're hearing about.
0: Well, you know, it's so interesting to think about this. Is that the issue is 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 human behavior, right? And you don't want to be in the business of changing human behavior at this point. You want it to be. It's going to be a gradual approach. But it it goes to show you that this opportunity with something like Passbook from uh, from Apple. Mm. And uh, the equivalents across all other platforms are very important and mobile wallets are very important and standardization on all of these platforms are very important so that my uh, there's an easy way to bring the coupon into my device. Right. As opposed to taking a photo of it and having it in my photo stream, which is not effective because then it synchronizes across my, you know, my Facebook account and, uh, you know, uh, you know, up my Evernote and Mm -hmm. and through the cloud. So there's no, there's got to be that central spot that is a standard where the coupons go into so that I have them at that moment. Then there's got to be. A layer on top of that, which is, I'm, you know, we talk about this, uh, you know, uh, location alerts that I'm in the store and it reminds yep. me that there's a coupon that I have in this standardized um, wallet. And I think that so it doesn't surprise me because it's kind of, uh, you know, the wild, wild west when it comes to that. And oftentimes people get so frustrated trying to find the coupon that you said, "Oh, forget it; it's not worth it," or they just forget that they have one and they don't redeem it. And so you don't want to change human behavior, but there, there's opportunity here. That's what it smells smells like opportunity and that's why these companies are going after these big paydays Um, but if, if I'm a company in the mobile wallet space here is the problem right now. This is that first step in there. And you consolidate that for these people you know, in a big way. All of a sudden, you, you might be the de facto place they go to for everything else.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's the other reason that I was on, the, uh, on a call earlier today with um, Alliance Data, the guys who own like Loyalty One up here, Air Miles in Canada, yeah. and, and a whole bunch of private label card programs for various retailers and whatever. And we were talking about you know just that simplicity, and we've talked about it many times on here of card-linked offers, right? And and how that solves the redemption. So easy, right? By not having to have the thing, you know, printed out. By not having to have somebody scan anything. You know, just have it linked to the card. No human interaction. Yeah, it, it makes sense, right? So, um, so let you me. Know, let, so, so anyway, some good data here that kind of just validates what what we know uh, and what, what we're
0: hearing about. Let so. me ask you something about that though. Safe is that, do retailers like? I don't know how to ask this in a nice way, but do retailers really want you to redeem coupons? Like, you know what? I, so I'm in the store. Uh, like it, it seems like to seems to me that that you know you I want as a retailer to attract you into my store, but do they really want you to redeem it? Right, because it's it costs them money. It comes sure. out of their budget. But, but,
1: but, but I think retailers understand that a coupon drives traffic. Yeah, uh, of course. And and without it, um, you, you know, they, they just don't get the people in the store. Yeah, I, I think that's. I mean, sad. They do, but but I think it's a behavioral thing that you know it's just the norm for. For many, many people,
0: many shoppers. Well, it is. It's becoming more and more so, you know. But uh, so this is like what seems like simple numbers at the very beginning when you think about these things growth or non growth and uh, how people redeem it. It, it it displays an opportunity or it shows it shows where that next step is going to be and here we are 2.5 percent are paperless formats people are still printing these more because they probably like the idea that hey look i got a piece of paper because yeah. the other one's not going to work i'm not confident and they're not confident in the store staff they're not confident that it actually is a real coupon they're not confident in any of that so they they want to print these things out so fascinating who who knew that this data would be so interesting <laughs> Wow. There you go. So right. if, you have, uh, if, you, if you're have, if you interested in this story, uh, we will have a link on the show notes up on untether.tv or the lbma.com, uh, wherever you're reading or watching this or listening to this fine podcast. Or even if you have it in iTunes or whatever uh, a podcast player you've got, if you subscribe to us, there are show notes there. You can actually click on the link inside of there and it will take you there. So you can do that right now, right from your device. Go, go, there check it go. out. That is it. Six stories, guest, we have our uh, mobile minute where our, our app of the week and our resource of the week and we are done uh, with episode number 141. i would implore you if you have a question about the location-based marketing world the mobile marketing world or anything to do with pervasive computing anything that we talk about here go to untether.tv forward slash talk leave a voicemail leave your question we will include it either in an episode or in an upcoming episode where we where we just take viewer questions we implore you please it's free advice we will answer these questions every single one of them so please go to untethered.tv forward slash talk and talk to us that's my only push good. that's my only push. yes anything else to uh, add to this episode or can we close it down All right i'm good that is it we'll be back next week for episode number 142. safe week everybody we'll see you next week see f-